Hi everyone, Sandman here. Today's video is brought to you by a donation from Michael, and here's what Michael has to say. Dear Sandman, thanks for the Gone Among MGTOW series. I've really enjoyed your daily dose of red pill videos as well, and I would like to know if you have a view on Mary Jane versus MGTOW. I have noticed that weed can often aid men in going MGTOW, and it enables the user's brain to produce the relaxing, happy, de-stressing hormones needed to cope with the usual requisite affection from a woman. And I've also noticed most people who smoke, vaporize, or eat weed are often men, especially potheads or stoners, on a regular basis. I have concluded that weed debases and hinders short-term memory and planning, and so allows more brain activity for long-term outlooks or big-picture moments. For minds with a strong enough meditation to penetrate the haze it creates. While women may defer gratification more than men, they do not like to think about long-term sameness or consistency in the natural world like men do. They are not inventors like men are. Women live in the moment and only want to be happy, whereas men want to know the truth regardless of what it may be, and will sit and wait until it is found out. And I believe this quote is often lost on women. The years teach much that the days never know so they naturally dislike cannabis and see it as a competitor or hindrance to their control over men. And I believe this is why the feminist state has criminalized cannabis, much like alcohol prohibition. One last anecdote, I had a girlfriend once with whom I smoked weed right before we had sex, and it was the best that I ever had. But afterwards she told me that she didn't want me to think we were going to do it again, because she wanted me to quit smoking and focus on making more money or becoming successful instead of seeing the big picture, that the life I wanted to lead would be consistent and good, and that we already had enough money to start a family in a modest home with enough of a budget to afford fine food, even if we couldn't resist the newest cars and toys. It seemed to me that she instinctually said that cannabis was competing with her, because it made us happy and supported my narrative of our relationship, that we were happy and that we could basically be satisfied with modest means. But she wanted control and power, and she wanted to be my only source of happiness in life, so that she could feel like a woman. But undoubtedly, really, all she wanted to do was squeeze a couple of plasma televisions out of me. And I've noticed that these themes reoccur in most women. They have a sort of jealousy of Mary Jane, and it always devalues my red pill mentality of living outside lamestream culture that demands that you buy new cars and clothes every other year, etc. Women also seem to go as far as to covertly threaten me with imprisonment while accusing me of being a drug addict, when really what they want is for me to be addicted to their drug, which is love. Regards, Michael. Well, thanks for your lengthy comments and questions, Michael. So let me begin with my analysis. First of all, let me be clear, I'm not advocating any illegal activities here. What people choose to do in their own time is basically business between themselves and the state authorities if they're caught. First of all, let me discuss that making weed illegal is some sort of feminist conspiracy. I don't think it is, but it certainly has elements of gynocentrism. I believe that cannabis was made illegal to protect corporate profits through the sale of cigarettes, cotton clothing, and industrial chemicals. Cannabis can also be grown in soils that aren't the best quality, so it can grow almost anywhere. So even the most traditionally unproductive lands in the United States can often grow it. Mexicans also tended to smoke the plant in the southwest United States in the early 20th century. So I think to some extent the farmers in that region thought that the way to get rid of the Mexicans was basically to get rid of the plant. And we've seen how well that's worked over the last hundred years. Criminalization of marijuana was rationally motivated as well to a certain extent. 
The newspaper magnate Hearst also published articles claiming that black men were more likely to rape white women when they were smoking weed. And Harry J. Aslinger also testified in front of Congress saying that marijuana is the most violent causing drug in the history of mankind. His goal was to probably scare people into criminalizing the drug. But in 1948, he contradicted himself by saying that marijuana users become peaceful and pacifists, and that communists would use marijuana to weaken America's will to fight the Red Menace. So clearly, the impact of this drug changes depending on the politician trying to make it illegal. Using the argument that weed made men violent most certainly got female approval from the prohibitionists at that time. But I think that the real reason it was made illegal was due to the fact that it made people more dependent on the oil industry for fuel the cotton industry for clothing, and DuPont chemicals for plastics and paints, and other things that could be made from the plant. If anyone else has any other stories, then leave them in the comments section below. I strongly believe that it was probably a big business conspiracy, and not a feminist one, that made cannabis illegal. I know a few women that are currently pot smokers, and come to think of it, that supposed Nawalt that I know is also a regular pot smoker. And that could basically have something to do with her views, and her ability to do long-term thinking. But she doesn't have any kids, so I'm not sure that she would basically smoke if she had them. Michael, I also have a couple of male friends that had to stop smoking weed after they got married and had kids because their wives thought it was a bad influence on the children. And rightfully so. It's not a good idea to get kids into the habit of inhaling cigarette smoke or any other kind of smoke. And I don't care what other people say, but inhaling foreign substances into your lungs will often have long-term negative effects on your body in the form of carcinogens, which cause cancer tobacco, or otherwise. But much like your girlfriend, my friend's wife forced them to stop before they had children together. In my own life, I found that I don't seem to need drugs to speed up my brain and become more of a future thinker or help me relax. The few times I've gotten drunk in the past, I got really angry and agitated. And Michael, I think that you're completely right about weed shutting down your short-term thinking and facilitating an expansion of long-term thinking and planning. Not to mention increasing your imagination. It also reduces anxiety and speeds up your way of thinking. Don't ask me how I know. Back in college, I took a fine arts degree, and one of my professors was up in his office, smoking weed all day, and doing one-on-one -on -one meetings with students while he was doing so. My college days were filled with feminist, gay, and communist professors, and my classes included gender studies. So to see half of my class smoking cigarettes or otherwise by lunchtime was often not a shock to me. But the idea of artists smoking weed is not all that shocking. It enhances their creativity, speeds up their thinking, and relaxes them enough to turn on the subconscious parts of the brain. Any artist will tell you that the greatest parts of their work come from the deepest and darkest parts of their brain, parts that they don't understand in their subconscious. And there are many famous potheads and drug users that have made a lot of money in their lives and become extremely successful, and they were smoking drugs. I can think of James Cameron, the director of Titanic, as well as Avatar. He was a notorious pothead, and yet, look at all the great films that he's made. So if a woman complains that her partner shouldn't be smoking up, then she doesn't share his artistic vision. Or he works in a field where creativity and big-picture thinking, or long-term thinking, are not important. I know a few notorious pothead creative types that work in the film industry and make lots of money. And they're the exception to the rule, but they still exist. There are successful potheads, and I've met dozens of them. However, what if one day the pharmaceutical companies have somehow figured out a way to synthesize the positive effects of pot without any of the negatives? I'm sure that women would be lining up to get those pills. 
And perhaps if enough women took these types of pills, then their t thinking styles would change and women would increasingly become long-term thinkers. I've often believed that the only way to get men and women together again, safely in our society, is to alter our genes or DNA, or medicate women to think more like men. And I'm sure that 90% or more of MGTOWs would probably change their minds about being with women tomorrow if women changed the way that they saw the world and essentially became rational and less emotional and became more like men. Maybe pot can do that to some extent, so the state doesn't like it. After all, rational women don't spend money in irrational ways, into the economy. Today, however, women don't like men that are long-term thinkers and dreamers, because most of them want immediate gratification, as well as satisfaction. It's hard for humans as a species to plan out and map long-term goals for our civilization. When 95% of our spending power and resources are allocated to short-term objectives, usually associated with what women want from life. And men are thinkers and fixers, and we just enhances those abilities to a certain extent. So that's probably why men started consuming it in the first place. It might have offered us some sort of advantage over other men. And most women are often threatened by anything that takes male attention away from them and puts it onto something else. And that's why I believe our society looks at weed in the way that it does today. I think that the only institutions that remain truly male these days are the conventional and secret military and spy apparatus of the world. And women have to prove their worth to enter such top-level organizations. If anyone else notices, there's basically no affirmative action program being created for higher-level NSA, CIA, and FBI agents. Thank God there aren't, because we want competent men in these organizations, corrupt or otherwise, and men that are essentially a band of brothers. The current feminist state that we live in used the fear of violence and rape towards women as a justification to criminalize weed. But the real criminals are the corporations that made it illegal, so that they could make big profits. And Michael, the idea that love is a drug, and that women want men to become addicted to it, is basically telling me that the oldest profession in the world is not prostitution, but is actually drug dealing. Because a man needs to fall in love with a woman first before he needs her sexual services. So like I said, the dealing of the love drug is the oldest profession in the world, and not prostitution. The oldest profession is a female drug dealer, and I challenge anyone else to dispute that. Anyways, thank you Michael for your donation. And thank you everyone else for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.